Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. <laughs> well, just, just like the last guest who has become a friend of mine, and I didn't know how to pronounce his last name. That was kind of embarrassing. Now, uh, <laughs> now, but Greg, if you mess up our next guest's name, I'm going to be really worried that you've been day drinking. Um, uh, uh, his name is Ative uh, Stenderson. <laughs> Great. Well done. <laughs> Dave, well, listen, man, it's, it's good to see you. Uh, it's been a very long time, uh, a, n- a number of minutes ago since we, since we last uh, connected. And uh, yeah, I changed, I'm, I'm, I changed looks, though. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah. And, and, and your, your hat's way more straighter now. Is it straighter? Well. I was trying to get it straight. <laughs> I don't know, Steve, if it's lo- straight or not. I'm trying. I'm working on it. It's, it's in, our, in our last, in our last uh, interview, I was, I was just coming off a workout, so I, I was... Still sweating a little bit uh, after, even after, pre, even post shower. So it was like I was trying to be su- subtly do this, and <laughs> I, I, I was just assuming you were in, just so intently listening that you I, was, I was, I was, I was listening. Very interesting guest, um, guest. So, um, Dave, you know that uh, I've spent a lot of time traveling the world and uh, yeah. living on airplanes. When, when you and I first met, uh, you and I made a documentary film called Airplane Journals. That's right. Uh, about coaching and we call it the airplane journals because um i was flying around so much and that every, the only time i had time to blog was on airplanes uh around that time and uh and then it seemed to make sense uh as we did that coaching story uh to find coaches all around the world to call it the airplane journals anyway i i'm totally digressing here except can i can i stop uh, you for a second oh yeah I, I have no like clue how are you going to connect the segue? Like, I, I'm just, I'm just totally curious. Like how's like, and I'm like well, at a complete loss. Well, um, I, I, I know I, you're going to do it. You're going to land, you, you're going to land the, it really nicely. I want to say thank you for the patience of our listeners and also for our guests, uh, for, for letting me uh, practice my segues, the further apart they can be. And if I can nail it, the better. So, uh, uh, in episode two of the boiling point podcast, we didn't have a name, uh, we didn't know what our podcast was called, but we there was three of us in a very small uh, sound booth, you, me, and uh, as you remember, David Alston. And he, we were talking for a good 35 minutes, 40 minutes, and three grown men sweating the way you do, Dave. And uh, and then David Alston said, guys, I think it's time to wrap this interview up. I think we've hit the boiling point. And uh, bam, we, we ended up immediately having a name for the podcast. So um, David he, Olson, he, he actually gave it. We have to give him credit because we, we were saying we were talking about it's the hot box. And he said, no, yeah, no. yeah. I, I wanted to call it the hot box. And then yeah. Uh, yeah, then he yeah he said, that's not a good idea. But uh, anyway, he, he reached out to me just a few days ago as one of our founding guests. And he said, Greg, uh, you got to you got to meet this guy, Steve. Uh, he, he's dating my daughter and he flies around all over the place just like you do. And he's a digital nomad type of guy. And he's amazing. and He's all about process and helping entrepreneurs. And uh, I was like, let's do it. So uh, <clears throat> I did a little bit of uh, research and I saw Steve Anderson <clears throat> write this really cool 
<clears throat> piece about how to prepare to be to come on to a podcast, speaking out to his uh, his community. I was like, this guy's really well researched. And then uh, yesterday he, he gave me a shout and we talked about what this podcast would be all about. And the only homework I gave him was to go listen to more episodes to know how free form it is. So anyhow, it's it's probably not the best uh, segue, but welcome to the boiling point, Steve Anderson. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, my friend. Appreciate it, Greg. Quite quite an intro, I will say. That is that is quite the segue as well. But uh, no, super excited to be here. And, and like you said, I did my homework. So I, I listened to a few podcasts. And the one thing I'll say is that every episode I listen to, everyone is so pumped to be here. And you guys do such a great job. It sounds like they're having the time of their life. So I was already excited, but now I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Uh, so that's where I can see. Th- thanks for saying that, man. Like it's, It is kind of neat to hear from a listener's perspective about what the vibe is because Dave and I just speak the way we typically speak to each other. But uh, I have heard very lame podcasts where really good content, good guests, but the energy is just right down here. And what do you do for a living? It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, uh, and one other quick little thing. Um, one thing that I learned in, as a, as a filmmaker that uh, in movies, you, you actually have to amp up 30% to sound normal. So if you're an actor, um, you might have to speak like this, to actually sound like you might have to speak like this because everything gets dumbed down when it's recorded. So uh, I go a little over the top. And Dave, Dave, you do too a little bit. Uh, no, you're pretty solid actually. But anyway, uh, here we are, Steve. Steve. Uh, you haven't you haven't met Dave yet, so oh. let, let's get an intro. Yes, please. Yeah, great. So um, I guess the the easiest intro, the, the headline I'll say is that I started helping big companies and now I help innovative entrepreneurs. So. My professional journey started in uh, New York City and, and Washington, D.C., where I was a management consultant for the big uh, Fortune 500 companies, healthcare, media, finance. And then I had a, a moment of revelation on a Thailand beach uh, when I was traveling, and I, I basically realized I wanted to start my own thing. Uh, I, know you, I know you guys are both entrepreneurs, so you, you probably understand that. And then in 2018, uh, I, I did. I started. I co-founded my own consulting company called Colo Consulting, which Greg already alluded to. We we help folks with strategic planning, process optimization, and customer success. And uh, and like Greg said as well, I, I've had the chance and the the tremendous opportunity to do it all remotely. So I've lived and worked in 10 plus different countries over the last three years, uh, which has been both incredible and challenging at the same time. And then if that wasn't enough, uh, most recently at the earlier part of this year, I started a new company, uh, kind of a spinoff, and uh, that's called Lead Beacon, where we help agencies and software startups find sales leads through job openings. So uh, happy to go into any direction that you guys uh, find interesting from there. Well, you, you have listened to our podcast then, because yeah. you never know. We, we never know what direction. We never know. What's the name of your company again? I just, just to slow it down a little bit, so I make sure uh, I get it and also the, the listeners get it. Sure. It's uh, the, the consulting company is Colo Consulting cool. and you can find okay. us at heycolo.com. And then the second one is Lead Beacon, which is uh, getleadbeacon.com. Cool. And I think Love that's a, I think that's a really cool place to start, actually, is uh, and I didn't want to ask you too much about it yesterday, nor did I want to research it too much because I wanted this to be the opportunity because you're lazy. <laughs> Because I'm lazy. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it is it is fun to be able to really learn something brand new in the moment on these podcasts. And uh, the concept of generating leads because of job posting. So let me get this right. So let's say I was, my company, Hemming Subs, was looking to hire a new editor, let's just say. Yep. And I go to, let's say, Career Beacon, which is in Atlantic Canada, right? 
And I said, we've got a, a, a job opening. Maybe it's on LinkedIn or something. Um, you have a system or a way that that could convert into sales leads. And that's exactly. what, I, if that's right, I'm so curious to know how that works. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I can, I can give you an example. It's probably, probably the easiest way. So, you know, we can, we can work with the, let's say a graphic design agency or even a video edit, editing agency, if you want to stay with your example. And they say to me, Hey, we want to find new sales leads, right? New clients um, month over month. And what our technology and, and process does is scans the entire internet for anyone that is their ideal client profile. So say Hemming's house is their ideal client profile. Whenever you guys post a job, we can, we can identify that you guys have a need, right? And a budget to support that need. And then we find the decision maker's contact information, give it to our agency, and then they uh, start the outreach process from there. And the, and the reason we do it like that is because, you know, I've tried all the, all the different sales, you know, cold calling, all the way to cold emailing, these huge lists, and you never know who's on the other side, right? You never know if they have a need or a budget. And this way it cuts through that process and there's actually a reason for you reaching out. Okay. So I maybe misunderstood then. So I was picturing me as the client. Hemming's house is the client and I want to find leads by me posting a job. But what you're saying is I want to, Hemming's house wants to find a client. Let's find out who is hiring because that qualifies in a few different ways. Is that, is that exactly you got it. That makes sense to me now. <laughs> and I, and uh, I was, I was trying to figure out, uh, I, I knew there was a magic sauce there, but uh, that's, that's really cool. D- Dave, uh, have you heard of such a thing like this? Yeah, I actually have. Um, my, uh, I mean, not, not the, I mean, I, I know of a company, well, my brother has a company, they do uh, legal um, headhunting and, um, and they've been able, they, he'll, my brother will actually call in um, based on, um, you know, a certain avatar putting an ad out and, um, it's not, it's a little bit of a twist on that. I'm just trying to think I, I'm, like for some reason I'm, it's eluding me because, or, or he sees them, he sees them. Um, you know what, you know what, I'm lying. He's actually seeing what they're doing. And if they're, if they're going public, if they're cha- you know, changing, he knows there'll be a need for general counsel and he calls them and, and creates at least. So it's kind of a spin off what you're saying, but I just always thought that was a good way because um, like, I just think it's creative. Right. And because to your point, they, you know, you have their budget, they have a need and then now, now the organization has to sell them on why you'd want to outsource this versus insert, you know, bring it in house. Is that, would that exactly. be the idea, Steve? Yep. Yep. Same idea. So, you know, some people use funding rounds as a, as a potential beacon, if you, okay, if maybe you that's it. Yeah. pardon the pun. Um, but yeah, it's just another beacon to say, Hey, there's a need here. There's a budget. And uh, that's the way we've identified it. And it, it came from a scratch your own itch. So I use it for my own agency. Uh, when COVID hit, you know, half of my clients either canceled their contracts or, you know, we kind of fell off, you know, from there. So I needed a way to find, you know, reliable sales leads that had those needs and budget. And that's the way I put it together for myself. And then at the end of the year, I was like, I'm probably not the only person in the world that could use this. Let's, let's spin it off and see if this is valuable. Oh, Steve, I love that, man. Like, um, it's funny, like I, I've been building my business for, well, close to 20 years now, not Hemingsos, but in, in this, in this journey. And I've always, I'm a very creative person, but I, I always, um, kick myself a little bit and, and challenge my creativity because I know there's a million different uh, challenges that I've had to overcome that could have spun off as little business solutions. And I haven't identified them because I probably just 
uh, stubbornly just plow through them and figure them out. And then these little beautiful opportunities just kind of fly away. One of them was YouTube, actually. I, I did invent YouTube before YouTube, before Google, well, actually before YouTube did. Uh, I'll let that one go too. That was a shame. <laughs> but, opportunity there. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And I, I just love that you were able to, especially, I love the stories in the middle of COVID or at the beginning of COVID where everything gets disrupted. And that makes so much sense. Like you need to figure out which companies not only are still alive that you can go after, but which ones are actually actively hiring. And um, so where would most people like, like, is this more of a LinkedIn scraping or is it all the internet? Is it all the job posting sites? Yeah, what's, how does that work? Yeah, it's all over the place. Any, any, any place where you can post jobs, we'll look at, right? And, uh, you know, LinkedIn, obviously, but also, you know, Indeed, you know, any, any sites like that. Um, and, and to your point, Greg, if someone's hiring during COVID, you know that there's a need there, right? Or there, there's at least a budget. And so that was a, that was a great way to do it. And uh, yeah, it worked for us. And I was like, you know, hopefully this will work for other people. So yeah, we, we scour everything. So how, how do you, and how do you offer the service? Like, so if I've, I have a coaching business, um, how would, what, what is, what is the process? Like, what is, what's the, um, how is it service offered? Yeah, for sure. So it's a monthly subscription, uh, based on, you know, we do a free trial to start it off, make sure they see the value, make sure it's the, it's the right fit. But once we do that, we have a little bit of data so we can say, Hey Dave, for your coaching business, it looks like we can pull in about 50 leads per month. And here's, you know, an X price per month that you would pay to get those 50 leads every month. Obviously, it varies a little bit based on, you know, when people post jobs and all of that, but it's a monthly subscription service based on a number of leads. Cool. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Do you you have like a specific client that works or industry that works uh, best suited to this? Yeah, so it's still early, right? So we're still refining a lot of things, but we found a lot of success so far in productized services. So you can think of the graphic design agencies, the, the video editing agencies, right. any time that a service can replace a full-time hire is, yeah. is where we found the most success for sure. Yeah. Well, Greg, there you go. Guys, I'm really sorry for my, my distraction, uh, but uh, t- Tim, walk, walk back here. I just had a, a special guest, a former uh, Boiling Point uh, audio mixer. Say hi, Tim. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> so Tim just stopped by, um, and that's why my eyes went over like this. So uh, uh, we're, we're going to continue. Uh, Tim literally brought me a bag of money to count because it's for petty cash for a project we're doing. So if you see me doing this, I'm actually counting points. <laughs> you uh, never know what's going to happen on the boiling point. That's what, that's no. the only thing I've learned. <laughs> that's the thing you learned. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's proof that's happening. So I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to talk a little bit about being a digital nomad. Yeah. Because um, – uh, 
So I, so I have a, we have a company and I say we, cause my wife just became a, a certified executive coach and we have, we have a place we can meet in uptown St. John, New Brunswick. But the reality is that not many of our clients are from St. John, New Brunswick. Right. And we don't, we, and you know, particularly when COVID hit, um, but, but pre pandemic, um, the, the goal and the, what a real attraction was like, I mean, I love the service, but I like the, the, the kind of remote nature of it. And the idea that you literally can work from anywhere and our whole backend uh, financial management system, everything is, is online uh, in the cloud, I should say. Um, so I just, I, I know I, we have, I'm tethered, we're tethered here in a good way by three kids, but I just like that. I love that idea. And so when we travel, I don't necessarily have to shut the business down. And you know what I mean? Like, so I, so I'm personally really attracted to that idea. I've, I, I too had one of my best revelations uh, traveling to Thailand. Um, I think it was crabby. Um, and uh so, so anyways, I feel like we're connected in other ways, but I, but I haven't had the same experience of working in 10 different countries. You know, I have worked in a number of countries in very short snippets of time, but like what, tell us about the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, coming from that revelation in Thailand, which I, I love that you had one as well. Um, I basically just, just thought like, Hey, I love traveling. Number one, I want to continue doing it, but I also don't want to just, you know, stop everything I'm doing professionally and just go off and travel for, you know, X amount of months or, or years. Because you, you enjoy what you do. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I, I love helping other people. I, yeah. I liked certain aspects of management consulting and I, I pick and chose what I liked. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a great experience. Right. And, you know, there are obviously challenges. There, there's no getting around time zones. There's no getting around really poor Wi-Fi connections sometimes. I was going to say Wi-Fi, yeah. <laughs> but for me, the, the, the pros definitely outweigh the cons, at, at least right now, right? But I think the beauty of it is, is that you can continually uh, like look at your situation and say, does this still work for me? If not, you know, maybe I'll move to St. John and, and start a family and live there forever, right? But I have that option available to me or I'll go back to Thailand or Vietnam or, or Georgia. So I think one of the biggest challenges though is finding community. So like even just spending time in New Brunswick and, and St. John, I know you guys know this, it's such a community feel here that is, honestly, it's, it's not that um, prevalent throughout the world. So really? as a digital nomad, you're moving what home looks like every two to three months, maybe six months if you're lucky. And it's hard to find that community. So it's a, it's a total shift, on, mm. I guess, the traditional model. Like I think in, that's, in, that's in community true. being like in, in proximity, like physical proximity to you versus community, you know, because I, I have a community of coaches I'm interacting with. We don't we all we live in Texas to, to Victoria to, you know, uh, Toronto. Right. It just yeah. it just speaks to the power of uh, of a networked community as well. Like um, like I lived on uh, I worked on cruise ships when I was younger and your community changed every every week. You're, you're saying goodbye to your friends and new friends come on and you just get used to get getting really close to the people that you're going to say goodbye to really soon. And that's similar lifestyle. Right. And uh, um, but to be able to create relationship bonds um, by standing still for a little bit like you guys are forced to be, Steve, um, they can become lifetime relationships. So, so during those seasons of travel, you know, and I, I think what I'm getting at is the, your, your ability to be an, uh, a digital nomad or, or find digital independence, even if you stay in one spot and having that glue of community is really powerful. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, later on uh, today, we're interviewing uh, Glenn Hicks um, about his uh, digital nomad nomadery as well. And it's really cool. I wonder how many, how much uh, 
of this digital independence uh, movement has kind of been forced upon people since the pandemic. So some people are, are grabbing it and, and making it work. And uh, you're an inspiration for that, Steve. It's wicked. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But I, I think you're exactly right. And, and something that I'm really excited about and maybe curious about how it's going to shake out is that, you know, I think remote work, let's take digital nomad aside for the second, is, is changing the world in, you know, three really important ways, right? So number one, like you said, it's, doc- it's democratizing talent and opportunity. So like, you're no longer, com- I, I'm no longer competing with someone in New York City or even St. John, I'm competing with the entire world on a project, right? And that's good and bad, right? You know, if you believe in free trade, that means the talent's going to rise to the top and, you know, things are going to be, you know, perfect in that sense. And secondly, we change what company culture looks like and workplace communication. It's no longer you swing by someone's cubicle. It's, you know, how do you asynchronously communicate with them on Slack or these digital tools? And how does that relate to culture? So I think there's, there's that to consider. And then finally, I think countries and cities are now competing for talent. And I don't mean that in the job sense. I mean that in the lifestyle sense. So like when St. John thinks about their next 10-year plan, I would, I would venture to say they're probably thinking about how can we entice people to live here and, and maybe not just how many jobs can we offer them. It's this totally shift about what makes an, a city or a country important to people. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that shakes out for sure. I'm a little bit biased though. <laughs> I think it's a really neat way of looking at it because the message we always hear politicians uh, you know, shouting is more jobs, more jobs, more jobs. And <clears throat> it's critical, of course. But more jobs will come if we increase our population with really cool people who have global experience and uh, who are operating their businesses here and dropping money in small businesses, places like this. And uh, I think it's cool. Now, is that kind of an area as well that you can help entrepreneurs with if if they're choosing to kind of set up a life that way? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, we started as a remote consulting company, obviously, right, in 2018, when, when the world was very different, right? So our, our, at Colo Consulting, our hypothesis was, we can do all the same thing a management consulting company does that, you know, flies to a client four days a week, but we're going to operate remotely. So that'll lower costs, that'll get things done faster. So that was actually our, our operating hypothesis. Now we didn't know COVID was going to hit and uh, remote work would explode. But what we found was, you know, two years of experience helping companies go remote or operate more efficiently remote started having this influx of clients that said, hey, you guys have been doing this for a while. We're interested in learning how you've done this and how we can apply it to our business. So it's definitely an an area of expertise. Now, I won't say that remote work is completely different from, you know, just making processes better and and customer success and all of that. But it's an important piece of the puzzle that we help companies with it for sure. And you mentioned that your your avatar or that kind of that ideal customer has shifted a little bit. Did I get the sense of like more to it, like an, like the, an entrepreneur as, is that, is that, or, or do you do a bit of both or like what, what's the adjustment? What, where, how, why is adjustment happen? I guess. Yeah. So for, for the consulting side, um, you know, our, our ideal client is a startup that's between the series A series C range. So they've raised some money, they've had some market traction and they're beginning to think about how do we scale this up and, and, and all of that. Um, I have seen a little bit of shift that, more companies, in, even in a smaller sense, so you say like, you know, solopreneurs or even small teams with entrepreneurs are beginning to think about scale earlier. So they don't need to raise a bunch of money, right? Because of the digital revolution that we're in, you can have technology do a lot of things that people used to do before, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen people adopt, you know, digital technologies or just the scaling mindset 
much earlier in their journey, which I think is great. You know, I, I think that's a, that's a huge win. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, so what, actually, I want to, I want to go back to, if I can, just, just to, you know, just to keep you on your toes and not knowing what's coming up next. Um, This idea of, so Greg, you alluded to uh, something Steve had written about, you know, be preparing yourself for a podcast. What, what's, what's that connected to? Or is that just uh, like, you know, is that, is that the consulting business or is it, you know, lead generation or a combination? Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I, I, I built a personal website um, in January as well. So a lot of things happened uh, in, in the early part of this year, but what I found was, you know, it's not really a, a business sense or any, any type of like motivation behind it other than me concretizing my learnings. So, you know, I, I realized the first two years of entrepreneurship and, and you guys know this better than anybody, you learn so much so fast. Right. And it's not always you're seeking out learning opportunities. It's either you're going to learn or you're going to die. So yeah. You know, these two years of great learnings, I was like, oh, well, I, I feel so much, you know, I still make tons of mistakes, some, tons of challenges, but I feel so much more prepared for the next one, right? But I realized I wasn't writing about it. I wasn't uh, really putting it down on a paper. So I, I just felt like this missed opportunity for this. So what I decided this year, you know, I want to start writing more. I want to put things out there, you know, selfishly to, to uh, you know, help my understanding, but hopefully help other people that are going through a similar similar process. So that's where the writing came in and I, I put together book notes and all the books I read. So it's, it's half selfish, help, half, half uh, helping other people. Well, man, it's, it's, Dave, it's, it's a living example of how our bowling point process uh, is presented, isn't it? It's like, uh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm just thinking of what a smart strategy it is for learning. Right. Because I, it's, it's one thing to like to, to take something in. It's another thing to, to write it down to I mean, cause you have to process it and cognitively kind of, um, you have to understand it at a different level. Um, just like, I, you know, the best learning I do is if I, when I deliver a workshop on a particular topic that I know a little bit about before and I, I do the research and then I got to present it back. And cause it, cause I, you know, there's I, someone, I don't know who said it, but I mean, if you can't explain something simply, you probably don't know it. And there's some, at least in my case, some real truth to that. Cause my wife's really good at saying that to say, well, explain that to me again. Cause I don't think you really understand. Cause I, you're not explaining it very well. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I say it louder and it's like, no, that's, that's still not, but that, still that not. doesn't work, Dave. No, it doesn't. I realize, damn, works. I don't know this. <laughs> yeah. I got to figure this out in a way that I can explain it. Cause I clearly don't know it. So, um, so what did you learn? So, you know, so what, what advice do you have if you, if you put your consultant hat on for a second, Steve, what if given that you, you've listened to some of our podcasts, what could make our podcast better? Well, you guys have actually the perfect podcast. Um, so, you know, you guys know, um, I, I don't know if I'm qualified to give uh, advice on, on your podcasting skills because I haven't been in your shoes. But I, I will say for guests, I, I, I guess I have a little bit of experience now listening to the podcast before you go on, uh, you know, hopefully telling engaging stories and focusing on how you help people. Is the, is the main takeaways that I took away from, you know, my experiences. And, and like you said, too, I, I'm, not a, I'm not an expert in podcast guesting. Um, it's something that I learned a little bit about, but I didn't know much going in, right? Like, how can you know without doing it? So like you, I, I went and researched. I went and listened to podcasts. I, I thought about what makes guests interesting in me. 
So uh, I guess my, my consulting advice to you is like, what do your favorite podcast hosts do? How do they, how do they engage with their guests? How do they prepare for guests? And I would think through those questions, but I am absolutely not qualified to give you guys advice. Well, well I, anything, I think you are. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's, I get it. That's, that's cool. I think we do incorporate some of that, eh, uh, Greg, in terms of some, I mean, there's some podcasts I love, like um, the one I'll use and Greg and I were talking to someone yesterday, but, he, him doing a podcast and I, like, I, I really like revisionist history, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, but the time and energy that goes into that and the, yeah, edit- the editing, like I would love for us to do that. Cause we've had hundreds of interviews, Dave. Yeah. Like thousands. I don't know. A, a ton weekly for like seven or eight years. Uh, whatever the, that math is. And um, <clears throat> if we had the time and effort to edit like themes together, right? Oh. Like, uh, yeah, and put music in and some VO. An idea. Amazing. I got an idea. Like Steve's building all these companies. He needs another company that can come in and, and do all that. Themes and, yeah, and copy and edit. And, you know, it's nice suite. And like, I'm telling you, this could be What do big. you say, Steve? What do you say? <laughs> I would say yes to that. But I actually have someone I'm talking to that is interested in Lead Beacon that does that exact thing. Oh, so I think I found them a lead. Uh, I, I don't want to step on their toes, but yes. I, I love it. It's perfect, right? You did find them a lead for sure. <laughs> That's good. Hey, how do people find your, what's your um, your personal website? Like, and how do they reach out to you if they want to do work with you and learn more about your companies? Yeah, so it's steve-anderson.co. Uh, and, and like you alluded to early in the podcast, Dave, it is the easiest name of all time. But uh, so, so Greg did a great job in pronouncing it, but it's steve-anderson.co. That's, that's where you find it. Awesome. Steve, thank you so much, man. What a, what a treat to, to have you on and uh, looking forward to meeting you in person sometime soon. Too. Yeah, look, we'll have to have a beer together and I'm glad you've chosen New Brunswick to, to relocate to. So that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. We'll, uh, we'll meet in Uptown St. John soon, guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to the beer, but thanks for having me on. This has been love it. Uh, really, really awesome. All right, Steve, take care. Nice Dave, see Dave, we'll see you soon. Take Cheers, care. Guys. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.